The Chicago Blackhawks are finally heading back to the United Center for their home opener against the Vegas Golden Knights. I'll go over a preview of the matchup as well as the Blackhawks projected lineup and also get into an assessment of Kevin Korchinski through his first five NHL games. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thank you all for making the show your very first listen. Here to start off your day, I'm your host, Jack Bushman can go and give me a follow at Jack Bushman too, or you can go check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And as always, please make sure to go and show some support. If you haven't done so already, go and smash that like button, comment down below as to which player other than Connor Bedard you're looking forward to most seeing in person this season at the United Center. And of course, go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. You can also go and turn on those push notifications so that way you get notified when the episode gets uploaded each and every day. And today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is sponsored by FanDuel, the best place to bet on the NFL. Sign up today and visit fanduel.com slash lockdown to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. All right. Good morning, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. I hope everyone's weekend is off to a good start here thus far. I'm actually recording this pretty early here on Saturday morning. It is currently 6.25 a.m. here in the Chicagoland area, and I'm actually uh, set to be heading to enemy territory here in just a little bit as I'm going to be making a trek down to St. Louis of all places for the weekend for my sister's birthday. But before I do that, I did want to be sure to get a little bit of a preview out of tonight's matchup as after their juggernaut of a five-game road trip to kick off the regular season, the Chicago Blackhawks are finally back in Chicago and are back at the United Center here this evening to take on the defending Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights, even though they are back in Chicago Things are not going to get any easier for this team as they have the defending Stanley Cup champs here tonight. And then their next game at home, uh, their next game of action is going to come against the Boston Bruins. So a reoccurring theme here for the Blackhawks early on is, yeah, they're going to be going up against some of the best teams in the entire NHL. Um, But I am definitely excited to see the Blackhawks fans uh, with uh, full attendance at the United Center here tonight to see Connor Bedard play in his first official game, of course, on home ice. We have seen him at the UC in the preseason, but this is the one that is actually going to count. And it's going to be nice to see our fans actually be on the side of the home opener. Um, and I know the Blackhawks have gone through the ringer of home openers here. I'm sure they will be able to enjoy a nice night at the UC with the fans rooting for them. But yeah, a tough matchup once again here tonight against the Golden Knights who have not shown any signs of having a Stanley Cup hangover whatsoever. They're off to a 5-0-0 start here. They've already defeated the San Jose Sharks, the Seattle Kraken, the Anaheim Ducks, the Dallas Stars, and the Winnipeg Jets. And in those five games, they've held their opponent to just eight goals. Kind of sounds something similar 
to what I was saying before the Blackhawks matchup with the Colorado Avalanche on Thursday night. They had held their opponents to only four goals through their opening three games of the season. Uh, And in three of the first five games for Vegas this year, they've held their opponent to only uh, one goal. So they're going to be coming out trying to play spoiler in the Blackhawks home opener tonight against the UC. And the Hawks better be ready from the get-go, better be right on their toes, uh, or else it could get out of hand like we saw on Thursday against the Colorado Avalanche. And for whatever reason, this Blackhawks, the, the Blackhawks have just struggled to take on the Vegas Golden Knights ever since they joined the league. I don't know exactly how many wins the Blackhawks have against them since they've become a franchise, but I'm pretty sure it's only one or two. It seems like Vegas is always getting the better of them. Uh, And this is a team that's returning a pretty solid group of its core and its uh, main wave of players that they had last season. A lot of those guys are returning for Vegas once again this year. So very deep team. They do not have any flaws and they've come uh, out with the purpose, trying to defend their title this year, clearly by their undefeated 5-0-0 start. As far as what we could see out of the Blackhawks lineup for this home opener here tonight, they did wind up rolling with the same lineup uh, on Thursday in Colorado that they went with on Monday in Toronto, but we obviously know how well that wound up working for them. So I wouldn't be too surprised to see head coach Luke Richardson make a couple changes here for this matchup against Vegas. Ultimately, I do think we're going to still see the same top line of Taylor Hall, Connor Bedard, and Ryan Donato. I know uh, they were obviously very quiet on Thursday, but they have been the ones leading the charge most of the season for the Blackhawks. I don't think it's time to start tinkering with that line, but I am curious to see if there's going to be any changes to the Blackhawks' second line here this evening. This is something that I've been outlining for the last couple of episodes now, and the Blackhawks, they did return back to Chicago just after their game against the Avs on Thursday. I mentioned on the show yesterday, I believe they arrived uh, around 3.30 a.m. Central Time on Friday morning, and they did not hold a practice on Friday. So we didn't get to see any line combinations or anything, um, and we haven't gotten any wind that Philip Kurashev could be ready to get activated off of IR with the wrist injury that caused him to miss the first five games here of the season. We haven't gotten wind that he's going to return, but... It felt like, at least at the time, that it wasn't going to be too long-term of an injury, and maybe they just wanted to keep him off of, uh, keep him back in Chicago for the entire road trip to make sure that he's rested up and 100% ready to go when they get back. So maybe Philip Khrushchev is ready to go tonight. We haven't gotten any word on that, but I do think that's something to keep an eye out for. I don't think it would be the craziest thing if during pregame warmups or whenever Luke Richardson speaks with the media following that, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Kurashev on the ice here uh, at Fifth Third Arena this morning. Definitely something to keep an eye out for. But if he's not in the lineup, I do wonder if Andreas Athanasiu gets a look on that second line eventually because he's been one of the better players in the bottom six for the Blackhawks here in the early going. We know he and Lucas Reichel had some good chemistry together last season. That's personally why I'm a little bit surprised that Athanasiu hasn't gotten a look on that second line yet. We've seen Tyler Johnson, Lucas Reichel, and Taylor Radish pretty much stick together there. Um, So we'll see if any changes occur there, and we'll also see if Philip Kurashev gets back into the lineup, but that's one thing to keep an eye out for. The vet line, no need to change anything there. They've been pretty pretty great. They were the Blackhawks' best line by far, even though that isn't saying much against the Avalanche. 
uh, Nick Foligno, Jason Dickinson, Corey Perry, fully expect that to stay intact. It's, you know, theoretically the fourth line for the Blackhawks, but they've just been getting the amount of minutes that a second or a third line even tends to get. Um, and then for the fourth line, I mentioned Boris Kachuk, Andreas Athanasiu, and Mackenzie Entwistle were rolled out for the second consecutive game as the fourth line did not find as much, much success as they did on Monday against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I do feel like you got to get Cole Gutman back in the lineup, right? He had a goal in the first game of the season. Uh, I know it's been a struggle for the Blackhawks down the middle thus far, but I feel like you want to be you don't want to be scratching that kid for three consecutive games. That's just my personal opinion. So if I had to guess, I think Cole Gutman will be centering the fourth line for the Blackhawks tonight. I think you got to keep Andreas Athanasiu undoubtedly in the lineup. If he's not getting bumped up to the second line, I figure he'll be, he'll be moved over to the right wing. And then if it does come down to Mackenzie Entwistle or Boris Kachuk, like I kind of thought it was on Thursday, uh, I'm going with Entwistle. So if I had to guess, I think we could see an Entwistle, Gutman, Athanasiu fourth line for the Blackhawks here tonight in their season opener. As far as the defense, don't see any changes happening inside the top four. Uh, Alex Vlasic, Seth Jones, Kevin Korchinski, Connor Murphy, those four have been stapled together in those set pairings here in the early going. The question is whether or not it's going to be Nikita Zaitsev for the third consecutive game or if Jared Tenorti is going to get back in the lineup. And kind of a, a side note of that is whether or not you want to keep Wyatt Kaiser on his strong side, which they've done the last two games, putting Nikita Zaitsev as the righty in the lineup, or do you risk putting Kaiser back on his off wing, where he, on his offside, excuse me, where he kind of struggled in his first three games and you put Jared Tenorti on the left side? Personally, I think Kaiser's played better on the left side, and that probably means you just got to keep Nikita Zaitsev in there. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jared Tenorti gets a look one way or the other. Um, but the five are solidified there. It just comes down to whether uh, Luke Richardson is going to roll with Nikita Zaitsev or Jared Tenorti tonight. And then in net for the Blackhawks with Peter Mrazek going on Thursday and facing a very heavy workload, Arvid Soderbloom looks like he's going to probably get the start in this home opener for the Chicago Blackhawks, which I think is kind of cool, kind of uh, a little bit of a flash of what we could see in the future. Obviously, there are a lot of goaltender prospects that the Blackhawks have accumulated these last few years, but we do know they're very high on Arvid Soderbloom, and for good reason. He's shown us uh, a lot of good stuff, not only in Rockford these last two years, but in his first two NHL games this season and was pretty steady all throughout the preseason as well. So hopefully he can pick up where he left off in his last game out when he was tremendous as well here in this home opener and give the fans at the UC a lot to cheer about. And he'll have to be very good for the Blackhawks if they want to come out, uh, come away with two points here tonight against an undefeated Vegas Golden Knights bunch. All right, folks, coming up in just a moment here, I will get into uh, some of my other keys to victory for the Chicago Blackhawks, as well as the projected lineup that the Knights could roll with as they head into the UC. But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. Football season is underway, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every single time that they win in the regular season. All you have to do is pick a team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get a bunch of bonus bets for every single regular season victory. And you can use these bonus bets to bet on everything from the spread to player props the over, under, and much, much more. And now that Justin Fields is out, I can't bet on his rushing yards anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Is it 
Uh, Tyson Bajan time. Do I start taking Tyson Bajan's over? Um, might be my go-to move, but if I am going to be betting on the Chicago Bears, I'm most certainly going to be doing it on FanDuel. It's an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, I love how they pay me out instantly when I win. There's no better place to bet on the NFL than FanDuel. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Segment two, I also did want to get into the projected lineup for the Vegas Golden Knights based off of what they've rolled with here in the early going this season and also what they rolled with in their last game out on Thursday against the Winnipeg Jets. And like I mentioned earlier, they did have a couple of players depart, but there is still a pretty decent chunk of uh, this core still with the Vegas Golden Knights for the season, in particular the top line of Ivan Barbashev, Jack Eichel, and Jonathan So That was so dynamic for Vegas throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. And Ivan Barbashev has really emerged as a different type of player and really brought a, a special skill set and really helped take that top line to the next level and got to give him a lot of credit for the success that Vegas found in the postseason. They've kept that top line together here in the early parts of this year. So looks like they'll probably serve as a top line against the Hawks tonight. Paul Cotter, Chandler Stevenson, another huge acquisition of theirs in these last couple of years. And Mark Stone have been the second line for Vegas so far. Brett Howden, William Carlson, one of the original Vegas Golden Knights, along with Jonathan Marcheseau and Michael Amadio were the third line for Vegas in their last game against Winnipeg. And then William Carrier, Nicholas Waugh, and Keegan Colas are known to be uh, one of the best fourth lines in all of hockey. I know Nicholas Waugh's bounced up and down between the third and the fourth line, but Carrier and Colas have been there the last couple of years. And it seems like I mentioned earlier, Vegas has really gotten the best of the Blackhawks since they've entered the NHL. The bottom six for Vegas has really done a lot of that good work too. Uh, Carrier is someone who's kind of killed the Blackhawks trying to think of other players that have kind of gone through, uh, Pierre, Edouard Belmar used to get the best of the Blackhawks. The bottom six is something they've really struggled with. I know there's some new guys there, but that's probably another key I could add to victory for the Blackhawks here tonight is keeping that bottom six and that fourth line in particular in check because they're not just your typical NHL fourth line. They can do a lot of good things in the offensive zone and, make you feel like uh, you're not getting any relief out there and Jack Eichel's racking up 20 minutes and feels like you're not getting any break when uh, the grinders are out there on the ice. So Blackhawks got to pay attention when that trio's out there for Vegas tonight. And then on the defensive side of things for them, Braden McNabb and Shea Theodore have been the top defensive pairing in the early going. Uh, Alec Martinez and Nicholas Haig, the second pairing. And then Ben Hutton and Pat Shaw. I actually... Shame on me. I'm not very familiar with him. I don't know if that's how you apologize, uh, how you pronounce his last name. I apologize. Uh, on the third defensive pairing with Ben Hutton. And then in net for Vegas, it's either going to be Aiden Hill or Logan Thompson. That's their goaltender duo here to start the year. But Thompson was the one who played in their last game against Winnipeg. So figure we could see Aiden Hill, the man that backstopped them to the Stanley Cup championship. Uh, unlikely not the goaltender I'm sure they envisioned steering them all the way um, to the Stanley Cup, but that's how it works out in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and that's why we love hockey all so much because those unlikely stories 
always seem to emerge, but definitely we're going to be rooting against Aiden Hill to perform not as well as he did in the playoffs for the Blackhawks. As far as my three keys to victory here for Chicago in their home opener, uh, my first and biggest priority for the Blackhawks, the Connor Bedard line cannot be as quiet as they were against Colorado. Bad things are bound to happen if they're not leading the charge for the Blackhawks pretty much all throughout the course of the season. And it was the first time this year that we had seen Connor Bedard really dominated. He was a ghost, quite frankly, in that matchup against the Avs. No shots on goal, no shot attempts whatsoever. And even though the Blackhawks were going up against some really good teams in their first four games, Connor Bedard in that top line was making their presence felt and finding ways to get the better of, you know, some of the best defensive forwards and defensive pairings in the NHL. That could not be said on Thursday night. And that certainly has to change if the Blackhawks want to take on a very good golden Golden Knights team head on here tonight and come away with the win in front of their home crowd. Connor Bedard and that top line certainly has to be a whole lot better. Number two, do not make Arvid Soderblom work as hard as Peter Morazic did on Monday. I know this is a really good Vegas Golden Knights team and the Blackhawks just aren't going to be able to get away with as many mistakes as they made uh, in that game on Thursday. Way too many defensive zone turnovers stuck in their own end for far too long and they really let the snowball effect come into play and let things get out of hand there. Uh, if they let Vegas get, you know, the wind in their sails like that, it's sure to be a long night. And that's not what we want for the Blackhawks in their home opener. So they got to clean things up and do not make Arvid Soderblom have to make 35, 40 stops in this one, because that's another recipe for disaster. He could probably do it, but we don't want to have that be something we're relying on night in and night out of our goaltenders. And then three, Lucas Reichel has got to get on the stat sheet. Um, he's got to find a way to impact the game some way in terms of the finished product. I know he's been getting his chances. I know he's been having these flashes, and I've talked about how he's number one in the NHL in uh, lowest goals and goals scored below expected, meaning he's getting all these chances. He's just literally not putting the puck in the back of the net. It's time for him to do that. And it was one of my biggest keys coming into this season. If Lucas Reichel could establish a solid second line for the Blackhawks offensively, a second scoring threat consistently behind Connor Bedard, that is really what can take this offense to the next level and put the Blackhawks, I think, into the top half of the NHL offensively. He struggled to do that thus far, and the Blackhawks have struggled to put pucks in the back of the net in their couple of games recently. They got shut out in their last one against the Avs. Uh, so it's time for Lucas Reichel to put one in the back of the net. That second line needs to produce something for the Blackhawks tonight. If he finds a way to get on the stat sheet, I certainly think that's going to help the Blackhawks chances of coming away with a win. All right, folks, there are my keys to victory for the Blackhawks in their home opener this evening coming up in just a minute. Don't go anywhere because I'm going to go over Kevin Korchinski's first five games and evaluate what the front office could be thinking about his future. But first, I need to talk to you all about Jace Medical. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world today, and it's important to be fully prepared at all times. And that's why Jace Medical has come up with the Jace case. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and 
their loved ones during the unexpected. Don't get caught unprepared. Get the Jace case today. You can go to jacemedical.com and go and use the promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps at checkout for a $20 discount on your order right now. Again, that's promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps at jasemedical.com. All right, back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, please make sure to go and smash that like button, comment down below, and hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Turn on those push notifications to get all of the latest notifications. And also, go and subscribe. Subscribe. Go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram if you can, please, because I've really been posting a lot of cool Blackhawks-related clips and Connor Bedard videos, Kevin Korchinski videos. Oliver Moore scored a beauty for his first goal with the Minnesota Golden Gophers last night. I posted that on the Lockdown Blackhawks Instagram account. Just a lot of cool clips of prospects, Blackhawks stuff, and also clips right here from the show. Go and check it out. Follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. All right, segment three, before I wrap things up, since he has now played in five NHL games and is nearing that magic 10-game number where he'll burn off the first year of his entry-level contract, not that that's going to be any surprise or anything. We know one way or the other, what whatever Kevin Korchinski is doing, the Blackhawks were going to burn the first uh, year of his entry-level contract. But with this being the situation we're in now, since we're halfway there, I figured now would be a good time to go over how Korchinski has fared considering the decision is starting to loom here whether he's going to head back to Seattle or whether he's going to stick around and remain in Chicago for the rest of the year and through the first five NHL games to me it's been pretty clear that Kevin Korchinski has been one of the Blackhawks top four defensemen he's been solidified on that second pairing with Connor Murphy and I do think even if he were to struggle, that's probably the spot the Blackhawks want him in because Connor Murphy's a seasoned vet, the most responsibly, uh, the most defensively responsible defenseman that the Blackhawks have to offer. A uh, good leader to be around as well to kind of help guide Kevin Korchinski all along this process. Uh, it makes sense for Korchinski to be in this spot of the lineup, whether he's performing well or not. But regardless of that, Kevin Korchinski, I think, has earned this spot inside the top four based on how he's played for the Blackhawks so far. I think he's been better than Wyatt Kaiser. He's been the second best of the Blackhawks, three rookie defensemen on their blue line. I think he's been better than Wyatt Kaiser, which is, I think, a little bit surprising based on how well Kaiser performed in the preseason and in training camp. And one of my bold predictions was that Wyatt Kaiser was going to finish second on the Blackhawks in ice time this year. Now it, it still could happen. We're still only five games in, but with the hiccups and the bumps that he's gone through, which to be fair, aren't completely unexpected. He's still only, you know, 14, 15 games into his NHL career as well. But I thought it was going to be a little bit more seamless than it's been thus far for Wyatt Kaiser. I think Kevin Korchinski has made the transition be has made the transition seem a bit more seamless, which considering he's uh two years younger than Wyatt Kaiser and also three years younger than Alex Vlasic, who in my opinion has been the best of the bunch. Uh, is undoubtedly impressive. And I think Kevin Korchinski at this point in time looks to be ahead of Wyatt Kaiser. So I do believe he's rightfully earned that spot in the Blackhawks top four. And well, I, like I said, there has been 
some tough nights for Korchinski. Uh, he has been a minus one in each of the Blackhawks last four games now. And in particular against Colorado, he had some real bad defensive zone struggles and some bad defensive zone turnovers, but he has also shown a lot of promise, a lot of flashes. Uh, I've thought he's done a good job of using his skill set to both his and his team's advantage. And again, I've kind of said this a lot, but just has a skill set that is so unique on the back end for the Blackhawks. That speed really allows him to be such a rover out there and allows him to press the action offensively when the Blackhawks are heading that way. And he also has done a pretty good job at falling back and not getting caught up the ice in, uh, in transition when the opponent's going back the other way as well. So I've thought, and also he's, he's shown some flashes on the power play too. Um, the second unit's the only uh, unit that has cashed in on the man advantage for the Blackhawks this season. Um, shown some good things in the offensive zone mostly is where he, he, he kind of separates himself from the rest of the Blackhawks defensemen. And I thought he's handled his own out there for being a 19-year-old in a men's league through his first five NHL games. And has shown a lot of reasons to believe he's going to be a special player and that there clearly is a lot of upside when, again, you remember this kid's only 19 years old. Uh, looking at the numbers for Korchinski through his first five games, he's tallied one assist. That was a secondary assist for the Blackhawks against the Maple Leafs. Uh, he's minus four on the season. As I said, been a minus one in each of their last four games now. Has five shots on goal, 13 total shot attempts. Is averaging 19 minutes and 22 seconds of time on ice, which is third among all Blackhawks defensemen, trailing only Seth Jones and Alex Vlasic. He's actually averaging nearly two minutes more per game than Connor Murphy has this season, which I've thought has been a little bit interesting. He's also chipped in for 12 block shots. Uh, he did play 20 plus minutes, by the way, against both Boston and Montreal did come back down to under 17 minutes against Toronto and then was back up to uh, 18 and a half in the last game against the Colorado avalanche. But I think that 18 to 20 minute marker, I think that's a pretty good number for Kevin Korchinski to be at right now. And again, Having that time on ice over Connor Murphy, I don't think that's something that's just been handed to him because he was a high pick of the Blackhawks and Kyle Davidson wants to see what he has to offer. No, I think Kevin Korchinski realistically has been the third or the fourth best defenseman for the Blackhawks this season. And because of that, where I'm trying to get to Blackhawks fans is I ultimately think he's here to stay. And I do believe it's a game by game basis. And I know it's easy to get ahead of ourselves, but uh, and these next five games are going to mean a lot for Kevin Korchinski as well. But I think when you take a look at the Blackhawks defensive core that they have right now as a whole, I think Kevin Korchinski makes them better. I, I think keeping them here is going to help this Blackhawks decor. And I kind of talked about how he's been better than Wyatt Kaiser. There's also been struggles with Nikita Zaitsev and Jared Tenorti here early on this season. And I've talked about this a lot of times, a lot as well. I don't think it would be the end of the world if Korchinski were to go back to junior, but I think there are just other problems on this Blackhawks blue line that have to be solved first. And Wyatt Kaiser is kind of one of them to me. I, I do wonder if Kyle Davidson and this Blackhawks front office want to go with the path that they've gone with their young defenseman these last couple of seasons since he's taken over. And that's letting Wyatt Kaiser go and marinate down in Rockford, exactly what they did with Alex Vlasic last year, which is 
quite honestly, worked out wonderfully. Alex Vlasic has been dynamite here in the early going, which has been just awesome to see because I'm a huge Alex Vlasic guy and have been ever since they drafted him in the second round of the 2019 NHL draft. But I feel like Wyatt Kaiser could go down to Rockford pretty easily. I also feel like if they really wanted to, they could cut ties with Nikita Zaitsev and call up Isaac Phillips and have Jared Tenorti be the seventh defenseman that doesn't have to play on a nightly basis but can jump in the lineup every now and then. I just feel like there are other issues with the Blackhawks defense that are bigger than Kevin Korchinski right now and that Wyatt Kaiser still is showing signs of being a little bit raw at this point in time and Nikita Zaitsev is a liability and Jared Tenorti's not as big of a liability but he's kind of a liability too. I think those three are kind of the ones that we got to figure out, at least in my opinion. And I just think that Kevin Korchinski is one of the Blackhawks top four defensemen right here, right now. And it would just kind of stink for Isaac Phillips, who I also think is an NHL defenseman. If keeping Kevin Korchinski here costs Isaac Phillips an opportunity, I think that means you have to get rid of one of Nikita Zaitsev or Jared Tenorti because the name of the game this year is figuring out what you have with the youngsters. And we know what Nikita Zaitsev is. We already got two pretty good picks for him. And Jared Tenorti, we gave him his good deal. He's a good veteran leader, good uh, defensive guy that you can throw into the lineup every now and then. But you'd rather be playing Isaac Phillips than playing Jared Tenorti. We already know what Jared Tenorti is. So I, I think there are just other other things, other pieces that can be moved on the Blackhawks defense, I guess I should say, other than Kevin Korchinski. I know he still has five games to go and they're going to be meaningful games, but, and I've been all over the place on this matter. I, I'm thinking right here, right now that Kevin Korchinski is here to stay. Um, I'm okay with the decision. I've said this many times. I'm okay with the decision one way or the other. I think there's benefits to both. But based on how he's played through these first five games and the outlook of the Blackhawks decor as a whole, I personally think Kevin Korchinski is here to stay as a 19-year-old in his rookie season with the Chicago Blackhawks. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show. And be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast and to go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. And you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and give me a follow at Jack Bushman too. Or you can go check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talking Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So for everyone who is going to be either at the United Center tonight or tuning into the Blackhawks home opener, everyone enjoy the game. Enjoy the rest of your weekends. And thank you all again for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.